Hear now this reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. Listen now for a word from our Lord. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At the moment she came, and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today is such an interesting day. It's the first Sunday after Christmas and the last Sunday of this month, and marks the last day of the year 2023. Can you recall the recent, most recent year when the year's end coincided with, uh, with a Sunday? That was back in 2017, six years ago. And I, and I wonder if you are still attending church service then, joining in worship and prayer. And if not, no worries, you're here today, and that's great. <laughs> and I discovered that 2028 will be the next year when December, to, December 31st falls on a Sunday. So I hope we'll have the chance to worship together again in 2028. As we approach the conclusion of another year and step into 2024, 
it feels natural for us to reflect on the past 12 months. And perhaps you are pondering 2023, what a year it has been. What a year it has been. And maybe you are considering all that you have personally encountered, the joys such as additions to your family through birth and marriages, and new, new friendship and new jobs and special moments like birthdays, baptisms, and confirmations, and graduation, graduations, and, and retirements. And alongside these, perhaps you have faced some tough moments. The loss of a loved one, and health diagnosis, surgeries, and battling through illness. Isn't it something when you really pause and ponder what a year it has been? What a year. I can only imagine Mary and Joseph having a, a similar conversation as they traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem and from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. What a year it has been. Just picture it. Twelve months ago, they might have been engaged, planning their wedding and anticipating starting their new lives together. But suddenly, those plans took an unexpected turn when an angel, heavenly angel, brought surprising news. Mary was to conceive by the Holy Spirit, bearing a child, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. Mary and Joseph began preparing for the birth of their son in Nazareth. Then, the Roman, Roman government decree led them on a 70-mile journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where Jesus was born. And I can almost see Mary and Joseph making eye contact with each other and sharing a smile and acknowledging what a year it has been. What a year it has been. Last Sunday, we joyfully celebrated the birth of Jesus Christ. Our Christmas Eve services with a children's pageant and candlelighting and communion were truly beautiful and, and special. And through these services, we were reminded that God who is in heaven became God among us. And God promises, and God remains faithful to his promises. However, when we observe the world around us, we realize that these promises have yet to be fully realized. The reality becomes apparent the day after Christmas. We ask, where is the righteous and just ruler? Where is the promised peace and brotherhood? Where is the universal recognition of God's sovereignty? There are still wars, earthquakes, famine, 
and sickness. And justice is still unnatural, and children still suffer from hunger. Relationships between men and women, parents and children, nations, races, and generations are all filled with conflict. Where is God? Is God really with us? If Emmanuel is real, if Christ, Jesus Christ is God with us, where can he be found? During the first generation after the resurrection, many of Jesus' followers believed in his promised and glorious return within their own lifetimes. When this didn't happen as expected, some lost faith, some adjusted their belief, and others maintained their faith. It's a, it's a similar struggle. A tension between um, ex expectation and reality, between the promises of God and the complexities of our world. I came across an article discussing the greatest, greatest days in human history from biblical perspective. On this, according to this list, Number four was the day we celebrate the incarnation, the birth of Jesus Christ, Christmas. That's an event we cannot fully comprehend, the amazing events in human history. And number three was the day of Jesus' crucifixion. It stands central in our faith. And number two, was the resurrection. The cross is incomplete without the resurrection. And number one on this list has not happened yet. Second advent, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the greatest day in human history. A few years back, our conference faced a unique situation, seven months without an assigned bishop. Maybe some of you remember that. So during this time, every member of the church alongside the pastors came together in prayer for guidance in the selection process of the new bishop. When the new bishop was finally appointed, we joyfully organized not just once, but four welcoming receptions for Bishop within six weeks. I remember because I am a member of Bishop's committee. Each reception was a heartfelt um, celebration where we prepared um, worship services and music, refreshment, and gift, and name tag, and public city, and more to warmly welcome and honor the new bishop. So those weeks were filled with abundance of warmth, and anticipation, and a shared sense of unity as we welcomed 
the new bishop. And then, this led me to think about Jesus' second coming. How? How can we prepare it? How can we prepare for it? The problem is, no one knows when he will return. So should we have a committee meeting when he comes back and the plan for the welcoming reception for Jesus to prepare worship services and reflection and refreshment and, and music? The reality is it's not something we can plan for in, in the way that here on earth. The Christmas season serves as a beautiful reminder of Jesus' humble and quiet birth in Jerusalem, prompting us not only to celebrate his first coming, but also to reflect on and prepare, prepare for his second coming. While we cannot control a welcoming reception for Jesus upon his return, we can prepare our hearts through faith, kindness, and compassion, and living, at, living according to his teachings. The second coming of Jesus Christ is indeed anticipated as the most significant event in human history. Today's scripture focuses on two individuals. Simeon and Anna, who had awaited the fulfillment of God's promises to Israel. And their purpose was to witness and await the arrival of the Messiah. Anna, Anna devoted herself to continuous worship and fasting and prayer day and night, faithfully reminding God of his promises. And indeed, with the birth of Jesus Christ, that promise was fulfilled and Anna's hope transformed into a joyous reality. And Simeon was released from his duty of waiting on the very day that Jesus was brought into the temple. Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem when he was 40 days old to offer a sacrifice as a form of purification. It might seem unfamiliar to us today, but for those before Jesus' time, purification from the sacrifice was a regular and meaningful part of their lives. And in those days, for someone to be purified from their sin, a sacrifice needed to be made, a price needed to be paid. This payment for purification was a constant reminder of their relationship with God. And the Messiah, the promise the Messiah would make as payment for all sins. And that's why it is so good to see Jesus at the temple in Jerusalem. And that's why 
Simeon burst into song and Anna couldn't keep her excitement, sharing with everyone about the baby she had seen. Right there, in the temple of Jerusalem, Jesus began process of paying the price for our purification from sin and served as the price as the price paid for us to find peace with God. Some of you might receive a gift card for Christmas, but I hope not many of you receive a credit card as a gift. What is the, what is the bit difference between the two? The both can be make, make purchases, but here's the big difference. With a credit card, you are still responsible for paying for what you bought. But with a gift card, someone else has already covered the price, the cost of your purchases. So you are not financially responsible for anything. And, and clearly, the, the gift cards are so much better than credit card. <laughs> and you know, and through faith, Jesus has pro provided us with a gift card that covers every single of our sins. He paid for your sins and my sins with his perfect life and the sacrifice of that life on the cross. Because of this gift card of Christ Jesus, God can never demand payment from us for our sins. Jesus has already settled it all. This gift card of Christ Jesus is something the Holy Spirit grants whenever he instills faith within someone's heart. So how comforting it is to understand the reality that Jesus, ha Jesus has fully paid the debt we once owed. Our reconciliation with God stems from Jesus fulfilling everything perfectly on our behalf, even as a little baby in Jerusalem. And that is the peace. And that is the peace that the Apostle Paul encouraged his fellow Christians. The book of Colossians chapter 3 verse 15 says, The peace of Christ must control your heart. A peace into which you were called in one body. That is my prayer for all of you as we conclude this past year and, and step into a new one. And how does that happen? The next verse says, The word of Christ, the word of Christ must live in you richly. Teach and warn each other with all wisdom by singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing to God with gratitude in your heart. So that peace needs empowering. And where does that empowerment come from? The word of Christ Jesus. The word of Christ Jesus. 
Therefore, I encourage you in this coming year to renew your commitment to worship your fellow Christians regularly, to deepen your understanding of the Bible through studying God's Word in a Bible class, Sunday school, personal study plans, and family devotions, and maintaining, uh, maintaining, maintaining an active prayer life. Let, attitude, let, let gratitude for the gift card of Christ Jesus given by the Holy Spirit guide you in doing everything. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Oh, gracious and loving God, this morning we say goodbye to a year that is gone and prepare the day to greet a new whole year. Help us to enter this new period of our lives with even greater hopes and expectations. May every day of the coming year become an oblation of a faithful service to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So